you're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right in the middle of it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves. Happy Sunday, everybody. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast, and I am your host, Michael Reeves. We have a great podcast for you today. The Spanish Spring Cougars, Rob Hummel, Aiden O'Neill, J.J. Dane, Elias Justice, Marco Cashy. Just tons of great interviews. Uh, I, I'm so happy with this episode. We, we learned a lot about uh, the different players. And, of course, we're Coach Rob Hummel at Spanish Springs. Just a great episode. I was really proud to do this one. And uh, a team that I think uh, could really, really be a force to reckon with in the North. Uh, Coach Hummel has been that guy that has had some constant improvement in different groups from his team every single year he's been out at Spanish Springs. And, uh, you know, he's just uh, done a good job so far. And I'm really excited to get to his interview. So we're going to start that one off first. And here is Coach Hummel. Here with Rob Hummel, head coach of the Spanish Spring Cougars. Coach, we're going to go through a couple of questions regarding position groups, and then we'll get into just some other questions regarding what's going on with Northern Nevada football. So last year you had J.J. Dane. He uh, played a pretty good season for you guys. Uh, How do you expect him going into this year to improve and uh, take you guys to the next level? Uh, beating your rivals not just once but potentially twice well um, I think anytime someone can come back with varsity experience it's going to be a benefit regardless of which position it is Um, he happens to be at the quarterback position which is a pretty important part of the the game in in itself and obviously on the offense and um, you know I think JJ has been you know working to develop even more so than what he what he had done last year working on you know improving his strengths and then also developing his weaknesses and and uh, becoming a leader and, and doing the things that we need to do. So we're excited about him leading up to the season. Now, when it comes to the running back position, fullback position, uh, you guys do a good job of always having a running back, whether it be that speed threat or whether it be that big, bulky guy that can get you three yards no matter what. Um, is there a couple of guys that you're thinking about may step up this year? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely looking for someone to kind of um, come to the forefront in that position for sure. Um, right now, I couldn't even tell you who our, who our full-time starter is going to be there. It's probably more or less going to be a, a whole group of backs, kind of what we've, kind of what we did last year a little bit, um, but even maybe more so. Uh, it's every every back that we have right now kind of brings a different skill set. Um, you know, with Logan Franklin's got some experience. He, he's someone that's coming back. Um, you know, Zach Eaton was a. a a really good uh, running back on our JV last year. He's a guy that's in the mix. And then we got some other guys too, like Tony Zuko and Chris Wells and some other guys that are um, kind of new to the varsity position of running back and uh, competing for time there as well. I just talked to one of your receivers in Aiden. And uh, last year you guys got a lot out of your receivers, I feel. Um, just some key contributors and key times, um, especially that game. I just – I. 
if there's one game I keep reflecting on, it's that Reed Span Spring game in the regular season where you guys really fought it out to win. Um, who's some guys you can expect JJ to be throwing to this year? Well, we've got a couple guys back. Um, Aiden being one of them. You know, he he got hurt early in the year last year, the broken collarbone, and he's really come back with uh, purpose and, and has really put a lot of time in and has looked really good throughout the summer thus far. Um, we've also got Nate Penny back, uh, who was a key contributor for us. Caden Webb's also a guy that um, was a starter for us, and he's he'll be back and contributing at the receiver position as well. And then we got some young guys that um, – you know, we're, we're good JV players for us last year that have an opportunity to step up, like a Trenton Ross, a Carson Hills, a Chris Shakespeare, a um, handful of guys there that are, that are fighting for time to get on the field in that position. One thing I really noticed out here at practice, uh, you really are having the guys run hard and give it their all. Um, that's going to come up big when you're talking offensive, defensive line. Uh, first, offensive line, it looks like you got a couple of returners coming back at those key um, tackle positions. What what can we expect to see from a Cougar offensive line? Um, it's a group that we're pretty excited about. Uh, you know, like I said, we got a handful of guys with, with experience. we got good size. we got a fair amount of depth. Um, you know, with the, the line play, a lot of it just comes down to execution and, and how healthy you can stay throughout the course of the year. And, you know, we're trying to get to a, trying to get to a point where our old linemen are playing a lot of defense and, and our D linemen are playing a lot of offense. And uh, we're close to that. Um, you know, some of the most successful teams we've had, that's, that's been the case. And we're trying to, trying to get to where we're, we've got enough quality depth to be able to do that. And we're, we're feeling like that could be the, the case again this fall. Well, you talk about that defensive line not not stepping on the offensive line toes. Uh, what can we see from that defensive line coming this year? Well, I mean, that's, that's you know, since we've uh, kind of revamped our defense a little bit, that's been a kind of a staple of what we do is our defensive line play. And, um, you know, they've, they've taken over some football games for us, or at the very least they've uh, been a factor in pretty much every game from a defensive perspective. And um, I would expect, you know, nothing different. I mean, we maybe don't have a, uh, a Jackson LaDuke or Hunter Parsons type of name on there at the moment, but um, I think we got some guys that are going to really step up and play well for us and, and, you know, execute the defense the way it's meant to be done. When I came out to practice today, um, you, you've got guys with a lot of speed, I'm noticing, um, as far as just – having that will they may not they may not read speed right off the paper but it seems like some guys are really putting out all-out effort um are, are we going to see any of that from the defensive side when you're talking um not just line but linebacker potentially in the secondary things of that nature oh for sure i mean we we pride ourselves on effort um we want to be the the most conditioned team on the field and we want to outwork teams and um you know, we got guys pushing for that right now. I mean, our, we've got a lot of numbers, you know, so the guys know that in order to uh, get to a top of a jet chart, whether it's offense, defense, or a special team for us, that they're going to have to outwork somebody to get there. And uh, that's what's that's what's leading to what you're seeing here, just, just watching, conditioning, different things that we're doing. Just real quickly, any, any stars on the remaining defense that you really want to highlight coming into this year? Well, our best defensive player coming back is is our inside linebacker, Marco Cashy. Um, you know, he had a heck of a year last year. He was top five in the north in tackles. He's just a just a heck of an all around football player. Um, we got some other guys coming back with experience back there. Caden Webb is an outside linebacker. 
Um, Jared Cuenca as a defensive lineman for us. Um, and then we've got a lot of other guys that are stepping into roles that, uh, you know, maybe they weren't in last year or we got, you know, some young guys that are coming in and filling, filling some spots. Cause as you said earlier, we graduated quite a few, uh, starters on both sides of the football. And, and now it's up to the guys that were, uh, behind them last year or guys that are brand new to varsity to uh, come in and take over where those guys left off. Now, last but not least, when we're talking about position groups, uh, special teams, you guys have always, I felt, had a pretty sound special teams group. Uh, you always have a returner or two that can, uh, could take it the distance. And then you've always, you've always had the ability to either find a punter or kicker, sometimes been fortunate to find both. Uh, do you have anybody on the special teams that you're excited about this year? Absolutely. We've been, we've been really fortunate. Um, you know, James Bass was our kicker last year. He's a great kicker for us. And, and quite honestly, um, the guy that didn't get on the field much, Mike Mendez, he would have started for any other program in the North. He just happened to have a, a division one type kicker in front of him. And, and Mike's definitely in that same mold. Um, I mean, he's a kid that made a 50 yard field goal at the JV level. So, I mean, he's, He's a kid that we're excited about. Glad to have him as a weapon on the offensive side, not just for PATs and field goals, but flipping field position on, on kickoffs. And um, you know, as far as punting is concerned, he's he's a kid that's in the mix to be our punter. We've also got three or four other guys um, kind of fighting for that spot. In the return game, you know, we we de we're going to definitely have some guys that can flip the field for us and hopefully take a couple to the house. Um, you know, and just we, we pride on it. We, we spend a lot of time working on our, on our special teams. Um, you know, the guys buy into it. They know it's important. And like I said, with the, the numbers that we have, we're going to have some guys where they're going to – their role is pr primarily going to be on special teams. And, and they accept that role and, and they want to do well at it. We look at uh, just some other questions here. One thing I've always found interesting about the school is you guys are one of the newest schools in the district, yet I feel you already have – one of the richest rivalries between you guys and Reed. And and I think it's truly because your guys' games always are close or always good games. Um, speak to speak to this community and just what it means when they can embrace you um, being not even, not even what, five, ten miles away from your rivals. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a cool part of the, of the North, in my opinion, is, I mean, the, the furthest game that we have is a little over an hour, an hour away, I mean, in terms of our conference opponents. And, um, you know, I, I feel like there's there's a lot of in-town rivalries or, or, you know, and a lot of times it's good matchups and stuff like that. Um, and just, you know, Reed happened to be, happens to be the other uh, 5A team in Sparks. I mean, so that kind of naturally is going to create a rivalry and, you know, I mean, our, our a lot of our schools are close together, um, whether it be the elementaries, the middle schools, whatever else. A lot of these kids have known each other for a long time. A lot of them compete against each other in youth football. And then, you know, when you get to high school, that, that rivalry and that competitiveness still exists and creates a good atmosphere. And like you said, we've been fortunate to um, be in some really good contests there. Um, you know, they left a bad taste in our mouth last year. They they got the, the playoff win and we had beaten them previously three or four times in a row. So, um, you know, they're, they're a good program. Coach Hughes does a great job over there. And, you know, I, I definitely anticipate another really good matchup when we get to that point in the season. Now, one thing I noticed about your program, we've touched on it a few times already, is uh, something that not every program here in the North has, and that's numbers. You guys 
have guys that are not only out here because you can see football teams with numbers that you just you have guys out there but it feels like everybody on this field wants to give 100 percent effort or maybe even 110 percent effort um speak to it on how it feels to a have those numbers and then b why do you think that is that you guys just have that much more well it's a couple things um you know we've been we've been working to build the program and the biggest the biggest factor to me that i look at from year to year is retention numbers and um, our retention has been really good. So that, that tells us that we're doing some things right to where kids want to be part of what we're doing. Um, you know, and, you know, an, an obvious factor is we're, we're a big school. You know, we've been the biggest school in northern Nevada for a while. And, and we should have a lot of kids out for football. And, and uh, we definitely do. I mean, our numbers are going to drop this year a little bit with, with a new hug opening up. And we won't be the biggest school in the north for the first time in quite some time. Um, but these are the biggest numbers we've had in a long time. Um, I mean, we're, we're looking at, I tallied up last night, we're almost at 175 kids in the program between the three levels. So, um, you know, it's a good problem to have, uh, but it, it's also something to where the kids know that, hey, with all these numbers, we, we got to put the extra work in. We got to do something. We got to find a niche. We got to find a role that we can we can help the team at. Otherwise, we're not going to get on the field. And the kids understand that. And they, um, you know, they might not always like it, but that's just the nature of how it works. And if you look at football at any level beyond high school, it's the same way. I mean, you go to a college football game and you'll see 100 guys there on the sideline and there's only 11 on the field at once. So you better find an opportunity or some sort of way to get yourself on the field and get noticed. And, and our guys are embracing that. And we, we talk about it a lot as coaches and, and um, try to find ways for them to be successful and, and try to find a skill set for each athlete that – you know, it's conducive to what we're looking at or whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. And, you know, with that mindset, we get a lot of guys on the field, I mean, from, from week to week. Not everybody plays every week. The kids understand that. And um, But a lot of times then they'll find a role somewhere else. Maybe they're a scout team kid or, you know, maybe there's someone that's that's working, working, working to get themselves in the field and they and they earn a spot later in the season. Now, a little this question's a little bit off of Spanish Springs, but I, I find it interesting because you are who you are. Now, not a lot of people know, but you're the president of the Northern Nevada Football Coaches Association. Um, now, the one thing we've noticed a lot when it comes to these coaches is we've had some retirees and some key retirees in the last few years as far as coaches. Um, with these new group of coaches, is, is there something different that you're seeing with these coaches, A? And B, uh, what does it speak to have to become one of the longest tenured coaches within uh, within a few years of just a ton of great coaches retiring here? Well, that's a tough question. Um, it's a good question. I, I would say that, you know, with the new group of coaches that are, that are involved and, and the ones that left as well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is they care about football. They care about the sport. They care about the promotion of the sport. They care about the quality of the sport and the quality of the product that we're putting out there. And you won't find a coach in northern Nevada, whether it's a new coach or one that recently stepped stepped away from it, that doesn't put a ton of time in, that doesn't really care about the kids, um, you know, or, or doesn't want to be as successful as they possibly can be. And, and that's a good thing. It's a good group of coaches to be involved with. Um, I won't say we're all best friends, but we definitely all get along. We always respect each other. Uh, we're all very competitive. And, um, you know, like I said, we, we want the sport to do well. 
And, you know, we, we all are obviously very biased, but we think it's the best sport there is out there because of all the life lessons and uh, different character things and values that come from this sport. And uh, we, we just work our butts off to uh, do the best we can and get as many kids involved as we can and um, have as much success as we can. You got it. Now I'm going to bring up the interesting one, uh, 4A versus 5A. Two-prong question. Um, take athletic director, take NIAA, take Washoe County out of it. What is the Rob Hummel opinion of this whole controversy that is, should we all be 5A, should we all be 4A? And then do you think it's a sport-by-sport -sport basis to where, you know, maybe maybe at Spanish Springs, uh, your wrestling team can compete for a 5A state championship, but football, you know, um, your kids give maximum effort, but it's hard to compete against, you know, four or five 300-pound linemen at times when you're competing against guys in the South. So uh, just just that question. Yeah, I you know it's it is a tough question. It's and it's a loaded question, honestly. And and each each individual coach is going to have their own take on it. each individual school and administration is going to have their own take on it. Um, you know, and and I agree with you with the statement about different sports. You know, potentially have an opportunity to compete at certain levels. Um, you know, I I come from an area where things are set up a lot differently. Um, you know, they they take school population into account when they're factoring in all of the different classifications and i know that's a factor here but it's not a very large factor um i mean we, we've got schools that are you know 1200 in the 5a north in nevada competing against schools from down south that are 3500 and um just in sheer numbers in certain sports it's going to be a, it's going to be really difficult to compete um, and I get it and some, some programs might not have the success, even though they've got a ton of students. Um, but those are things that where if there's some shifts and there's some different, some different stuff. And, and a lot of it comes from just the, the people that are within that building at the time, whether it's the coaches, the administration and, and the, and the community itself and the emphasis that they want to put on athletics, because if the numbers are there, the opportunity for success is there, you know, and whether or not it's going to amount to success is really up to who's involved with everything that's going on. And there's, there's obviously factors that are sometimes out of the control of those people that are running the show, but sometimes they're not. And, and sometimes you just have to you know, make a commitment to do that. Having said all that, um, you know, it's really, it's really hard to, um, to justify certain things and certain ways things are set up, even in the North right now. I mean, we've, we've been a school of around 24, 2,500 students, um, and, and several teams in our conference are at that 2,000 mark, and then there's several teams that are under 1,600, and we're all playing together, and that's just out of nine schools. Um, you know, so I, I think that the, the school population has to be the, the main factor, and then you factor in all of the success that the school's having. Um, and, and obviously the private schools, you know, they're always going to have less population than the public schools. And, and I think that they should have a little more leeway in terms of where they want to play. But also the success factor should be something in there as well. And, and I'm not going to get into all the particulars of things, but, I mean, we all know what's going on with certain schools down the south and stuff like that. And, um, you know, when, when we're kind of hamstrung by our facilities, you know, the money we have available, um, all that sort of thing versus schools that kind of have everything, um, you know, that's not, that's not apples to apples either. And, and that makes it, that makes it really challenging to compete. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on, you know, developing the kids within our community and, and being a community-based program. And I'm not just talking about our, our football program here. Got a great relationship with, with all the other coaches at this school and, 
we're all along the same lines. And uh, part of the reason we've had the success we've had at this school is the fact that us, us head coaches that are up here are willing to work together. We share a lot of athletes. We, we really uh, push multi-sport athletes. And, um, you know, we're, we're not a school that's selfish by any means with, with any kids that we got working with. And, and we, really try to, we really try to promote the community atmosphere. And that's another reason that most of our programs are, are so strong in numbers is, is those factors. And... Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've truly answered your question, but I, I, I will say that, uh, you know, the, the big thing we shoot for is in terms of our goals for the season in the sport of football right now is, is hey, let, let's uh, take it one week at a time. Let's improve each and every week. Right? Let's get ourselves in the playoffs. Let's win a region title. Right? I mean, that, that's kind of the progression of how we look at things. And right now, whatever comes after that, it's just kind of gravy um, because we know we know it's really tough to win a state title with some of the schools we have to play. Um, and until something changes there one way or another, then maybe maybe our maybe our shift changes a little bit, you know, because because I'm a I'm someone that wants to achieve as much as you can, regardless of what we're doing, when that would be a state title. Um, but it's 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 a challenge. I mean, it truly is. And like I said, it's not necessarily apples to apples in terms of what we're all working with in terms of facilities, coaches, um, you know, travel costs. I mean, just, just everything, all the things that go into making a football program successful. And, um, you know, there's only so much we have control over, you know, and, and we use our numbers to try to counteract some of that stuff. We do a ton of fundraising. We, you know, we are in a situation where, where we've got a lot of nice stuff, but it's, it's the community that's doing it for us. I mean, they're, they're supporting and, and uh, they're getting behind these athletes and they, they know the kids are having a good time. So they're willing to step up and support. And, and that's what we're about out here at Spanish Springs. few more questions. And you, you touched on a lot of it. Um, you touched on a lot of it here. The, when, when you're talking about Spanish Springs, what does it mean to you? Because, I mean, you talk about community, you talk about the kids coming out. There's just so many different things that you touched on. But what would you say, now being here, you know, it feels like feels like you're quite tenured now. But uh, being here, what does Spanish Springs mean to you? Well, it means a lot. I mean, I, I grew up in an area where, you know, the, the coolest thing to do was go to a football game on Friday night. And... You know, right now in northern Nevada, that's not not necessarily the case yet, but we're working to make it so. And I think the only way you do that is by building up your community and getting your community excited about what you got going on. And you have to get involved with it. And uh, it's a lot of work, but, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough. I mean, I live, live up right out by Golden Eagle, and, you know, I get out and watch a lot of youth stuff and always have since my kids have come through it. And, and um, it's, it's cool to see those guys excited about it. And, you know, we ran a youth camp a couple of weeks ago up here with all our, all our future Cougars and, um, you know, getting the kids involved with, with coaching the young kids. I mean, kids meaning our, our high school athletes involved with coaching the young kids is a cool thing. And, and um, you know, we talk about Cougar pride a lot, and, and that's a, a pretty loaded term because we, we kind of break that down into a lot of different aspects. But the, the biggest thing is, you know, Turning these kids into into productive adults, um, getting them to care about what they're doing, and get them to leave it in a better better place than where they when they first came in, and um, you know that that's not an easy thing to get kids to understand, and it's but it's something to definitely get them to work towards, and 
you know, the community means a lot. I mean, I, I, you know, moved down here with my family back in 2015 and we lived in this community since then. And, um, you know, I think every, I think every athlete should have an opportunity to play in a region championship, win a region title, play in a state championship game, regardless of what sports they get involved with. And, you know, we're close. We've been close a couple times here. It's never happened. And, um, you know, each and every year we got a, we got a team that, uh, we're making that challenge to and say who's going to be the first one and then after that it's about who's going to who's going to be the next one and uh, that's kind of how it has to work so last two questions so my second to last question is going to be a little bit about when when you started coaching to now what would you say is one of the best changes um as far as what you've seen in coaching and, and something that you've been really ha- happy to change over the years I think the biggest thing is, and, and that I've that I've found to be most successful is to not be set necessarily in something. And what I mean by that is, you know, at the high school level, um, at least at least from any time that I've coached, I've always coached in the public school system. And you know, you're going to have the kids that come through your community. And, and if you're too set in just hey, I'm just going to run this offense because it's what's comfortable to me, it's what I like or this defense, or this is how we're going to do it because this is what I want to do, but you don't have the players to do that, then you're just kind of you know, ramming your head into the wall type of thing. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, I think more coaches are understanding that and are being more flexible in what they're doing and trying to fit the players in the spots where they're going to be successful. Um, and that that's definitely been a change. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff from a preparation standpoint that's that's changed, that's that's helped with that. I mean, there's the technology aspect, the film, the, all that kind of stuff is is definitely helped. And then, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff in the off season that we do to get ready for the regular season um, that maybe wasn't quite done in this manner once upon a time. I mean, everybody. It's funny because I run into people in the community and they're all like, when did two days start? When did three days start? And I'm like, we don't, we don't do that anymore. I mean, we, we get ourselves, uh, get ourselves going in the month of June and then we take a break. We get ourselves back going in the month of July and take another little break. And then, you know, we start the grind of the season and it's up to the guys to maintain the shape that they're in throughout those breaks and, and continue to work and develop on the mental aspects and the different uh, execution of the stuff that's going on in that time. And one of the things I've always found interesting coming out to your practices and watching you, um, you're one of those coaches that you like to have maybe your hands in a little bit of every group, but you're not like, I need to stay with the quarterback the whole time or I need to stay with this defensive player the whole time. And I've always appreciated how, um, you know, you, you just are that overall head coach truly of all groups. Um, how is it in game day? And this is something that I I, I – find very interesting with coaches how is it on game day that um you can prepare in practice you can prepare in the weight room you can get the guys ready as ready as they can be but you still don't have 100 percent control or impact on the game how is it having that ability to control the game plan but yet not control ultimately the result well, i think the first thing you got to do is you got to put a great staff together and and that's not easy to do uh we put a lot of time in for very little pay and um you know, we're, we're out here because we care about the sport and we care about the kids. And, you know, if you can get a good staff together, then it's about getting them to work together because you can get a lot of smart people in one room and then they don't want to work together and then you're not getting anywhere either. So, um, you know, we, we've been fortunate. I mean, we, we've, got a, we've got a really good uh, staff right now on the varsity level. Our, our JV staff is excellent. They've been together for a while. 
Um, and then our freshman staff, is there's had some turnover there, but I feel really good about that group as well this year. I think it's probably the best freshman staff that we've had since I've been here, and I think that's an important level to have a good group of coaches. Um, in terms of stuff on Friday nights, I mean, it's – you know, you, like you said, you get them as prepared as you can, and then you got to go with the flow of the game. I mean, there's, there's, I've never been in a game where it's just been easy all the way through and everything's gone your way. And I mean, that's just not what this is about. Um, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be, you know, stuff that you didn't expect to happen that's going to happen. There's going to be plays that get run that you didn't see on film or you're not prepared for. And, um, you know, you just hope that you've done enough in your training so that guys can adjust and adapt to what's going on. And, and uh, perseveres through some of those things that are going on. And, and that's when I go back to the, to the life lessons in this sport. I mean, you know, you go throughout the course of your life, whether it's in your family or your job or whatever, I mean, there's going to be all sorts of adversity that hits and how are you going to react to it? And that's why football is so important because, you know, you, you get all those things too. I mean, there's, like you said, there's no set stuff. I mean, it's not like playing a video game where everybody runs what, you, what the play you call and when you, when you make the play call. I mean, there's, there's stuff here where everybody's got to be dialed into what's going on and, and it's it's really fun when when you see kids executing at a high level, and it's challenging when you don't. And and you got to work them through some of those things, through some of those challenges, so that it's so that you're you know having fun and executing at a high level. Now, I said last one, but you know I, I really have to ask this because I notice it when I talk to you. When you just say the word football, I can see your smile bursting through. What has the game of football done for you, and what does it mean to you? Well, that's a that's a good question. I mean. I've been involved in the game of football since seventh grade, um, you know, and it's really meant a lot for me. Like I said, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and a different different type of lifestyle than living in town. I mean, it was, you know, we worked a lot and and uh, had a, grew up on a farm and all those sorts of things. And sports were the funnest thing I got to do. And I really enjoyed football because I'm I'm a pretty cordial, pretty easygoing dude, um, you know, in public. But um, just like anybody else, when you got some some stresses of life or frustrations or, or what have you. And uh, you get an opportunity to uh, release some aggression in a controlled manner, you know, flip a switch on Friday nights and turn it to someone else. Um, as long as you can maintain and manage that, it, it's a really fun thing to be a part of. And, um, you know, trying to get other guys to uh, understand those things makes football fun. Um, but I tell you what, all the, all the different friendships throughout the years, whether it's as a player I was fortunate enough to play at the college level as well and still maintain friendships with a lot of those individuals. Um, and a lot of us have gone on to coach, you know, and that's that's cool also. And, and um, you know, all the all the relationships with coaches throughout the years and then all the different things you learn. Every Everyone you interact with, um, there's something to learn from. And, you know, you might not notice it right away, but it might come back around. And, uh, heck, I'm just – I'm meeting up with a former college coach that's in town scouting softball. Uh, today and uh, we're getting together after after lunch and uh, he texted me yesterday and said hey I'm in town and just so happened he's scouting at Golden Eagle which is right where I live so I mean it's going to work out great but I mean you you think about all those things that come from this sport and you think about like I said all the life lessons the work ethic the character stuff um, working together and and the biggest thing to me has always been it's not about me it, it's about everything that's going on it's it's about being selfless and and teaching kids that you know it's it's pretty cool to be part of something that's bigger than yourself and, and to and to sacrifice any um sacrifice any maybe personal accolades and things like that for the goals of the team 
And I think if, if people adapt that mentality, um, they're going to be really successful individuals when they get out in the community. Well, thank you so much for the time, Coach. Absolutely. Thank you. We want to thank Coach Hummel for that great interview, giving us insight of what the president of the Northern Nevada Football Coaches Association really thinks about in those rooms when you have coaches meetings and different coaches from all walks of life. Uh, just given their perspective, obviously, you've got every coach fighting for their players, uh, given their opinion, whether it be realignment, whether it be uh, just overall their opinion on rule changes. So a very interesting coach's opinion when we're talking to all of them I got to appreciate what coach Hummel has put in coming from a small town giving his ideas and implement implementing them rather into northern Nevada so we're going to go to our second interview here the quarterback and often the quarterback is a character that has to understand perseverance adversity and how to bring a team together. And I think J.J. Dane just embodies all those characteristics. And you're going to hear that in this great interview. I'm here with J.J. Dane, quarterback of the Spanish Spring Cougars. J.J., last year you guys ended, um, after losing to Reed, you guys had beat them in the regular season in a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you finished the season losing to them. How do how do you take that type of a game and uh, build off of it here in the future for this year's team? Um, I mean, last year was a heartbreaker for sure. Um, you know, I really wanted to make it as far as I could for my uh, seniors, and uh, I made a big promise to them at the beginning of the season that I would take them as far as I could. And uh, you know, it, it hurt me a lot knowing that uh, I could have done a lot better throughout the season. But you know. That's how the cookie crumbled last year. But uh, this year, definitely, I've been just working on myself and more of a mindset. And uh, especially with the younger group of guys that I got below me, it's just better to, like, you know, teach them up. And uh, I feel like we're going to be a strong team this year for sure. Now, one thing I noticed, I'm out here at your guys' practice here at, now it's 845. Uh, what... I noticed that uh, some of the coaches here in Northern Nevada, you know, they they treat their quarterbacks like they're like they are. Uh, they need to be nurtured a little bit. But I also have seen situations like Coach Hummel where he's running all of you, and it doesn't matter your position group. No, absolutely not. Um, we all work together. Um, everything we do is together as a team. Uh, especially this year, since the way uh, we ended last year, at the beginning of the season this year, we uh we had a big talk before we went to camp and we were like, hey, yo, um, last year we had like, we had some chemistry, but we wanted more of a team and a brotherhood. And uh, Hummel really uh, put that in place this year. So every time we're out here, we're just, it's more of a brotherhood than it is a team. Well, and I really take notice in that um, with you guys, you guys are are correcting each other. When one guy's mouthing off or when one guy's not practicing as hard, I, I'm noticing that it's not as much of the coaches correcting as much as it is you guys correcting each other's teammates. Speak speak on that for the people that want to know. Um, everybody wants to win. Um, that's the goal out here. Um, everyone's talked about it, and one, of, one thing that uh, our offensive coordinator says is don't talk about it, be about it. So we take a lot of that into – just us and you know helping each other making everyone as a whole better um you come into this season you talked about chemistry being one of the things you wanted to add as a team individually what's something you think you wanted to add to your arsenal this off season 
Hmm, definitely uh, just like, uh, I don't know, more of my mindset. I mean, last year I thought I had it, but uh, I was kind of just, uh, I don't know, you know. I mean, more of a mindset, more of like being comfortable um, and just getting together with everyone. Yeah, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, just try and do as much as I can. I mean, I'm going to get better as the season goes out, but uh, right now just focusing on the mental aspect of the game because, I mean, it's getting to – this is my last season, so, I mean, I got to take into consideration that it's like I got to do it. One of the interesting things I was thinking about sitting here – on the practice field, you look out at the landscape, and one thing about Spanish Springs is all that you see, you're playing for. You've got a valley here that uh, that you are the quarterback for. What does it mean to carry the legacy that is behind a Spanish Springs quarterback, and how do you take that, and how do you uh, how do you take it on for a community? Um, I love the community out here. The community is freaking awesome. Um, every single game, I always have people coming up to me saying how much of like a good player and a leader I am. And I just, I, I really love the community out here and just uh, having en everyone underneath me just looking up to me is so cool. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's really heartwarming to see all the, the little young ones with the big grins and, you know, they're, they're all excited to be at the football games. And it's just like, wow, I remember when I was that young looking up and like, I'm here now, so it's it's so cool. Last question, reflecting on um, kind of Smash Springs as a whole, uh, quarterback coach quarterback coach relationship is um, very key. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Coach Hummel's been here for a number of years now, and uh, you've now come into it to where you've been here a couple of years for for at least being a starter. Um, Speak to it as far as your relationship with Coach Hummel. How has that grown and how is it progressing? And uh, how, what is your thoughts of a guy like a Coach Hummel? Um, coach Hummel's awesome. Um, he's not your typical baby coach. He, he's really hard on you because he knows how good you can be and how good you are. Um, and I think he takes that into every single player. He has a bond with every single player, whether it's like anything um he's he's very hard on us and it, it, it helps us in the long run for sure now we've got a couple of self-reflective questions here in a perfect world jj dane where do you see yourself in five years mm, hopefully in college i want to play baseball um anywhere um i do want to major in uh anything right now i'm just i'm still looking for it but definitely college for sure what do you believe is one of your weaknesses and how do you kind of turn that into a strength? Mm. Some say my size. Um, sometimes I say just my mental aspect. Sometimes I, I get too ahead of myself and I think too big. And I, I, the moment sometimes it gets too big for me. And uh, especially like this last year that just happened, I, I took a lot of time thinking how I could have done better and how I could have calmed myself and uh got my team more in to help me and not think that it was all about myself. Now that that question or answer rather makes me think about a few things. You guys had a lot of tight games. Um, you guys have had some very serious games where it's you got to make a two minute drive happen. How do you mentally slow down the game? I know I have my guys next to me. That's one of the things I know. Um, and, I mean, I've just been doing this for so long. I just 
I try as much as I can to calm myself and I feel as times I can do it, but uh, sometimes it just gets, it got too big for me. Now this could be here at the high school level or it could be an NFL player. Is there a role model that you look up to or try to emulate? And it could even be your parents, you know, you never know. So, um, I mean, yeah, my parents for sure, absolutely. I love my mama. Uh, she's always done everything for me. My dad, he's always hard on me. Like Coach Hummel, he's the exact same person. But uh, as like an idol for sure, probably uh, Steve Young. I loved watching him, his old throwbacks, playing for the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, the way he would just like move in the pocket, he was so elusive. I just um, could see myself as that sometimes. Now for people that don't know J.J. Dane, what is something that you'd like to let people know, or what's an interesting hobby slash thing you do outside of football? Um, I mean, nothing really. I'm just a, your regular guy. I mean, I always, I'm always trying to get better doing something. Um, the community, for sure. I, I want them to know that I'm here for them, and they're here for me. Last but not least, when I'm asking questions, this is one I've found very interesting asking all the athletes this year. What do you feel is the greatest challenge facing high school athletes today? Your me like your mental aspect for sure, like your ability to take in criticism and learn from it and not take it to heart. Um, when coaches coach you very hard, they're coaching you for a reason, not just to be mad at you or something. They're trying to make you better, and not so much as. Um, a player but as a person as well um, since I've been playing since I was younger I mean taking all the coaches I've had it's it's definitely made me a better person I am today for sure and it does make you a better person in the world you got it well thank you for the time thank you sir I appreciate it you know one thing that I really love talking to JJ Dane he really cares about the community in Spanish Springs you know standing there on the practice field you're looking out at the whole valley it's incredible to see everything you're representing and for a young man like himself to understand what that means and the youth that are playing at Golden Eagle that look up to him, knowing that that's the future of Spanish Springs. He, he really puts it all into perspective in showing who he cares about, what he cares about, and why he truly is one of the top leaders in Northern Nevada when it comes to setting the example for what you want out of a student-athlete. JJ is a phenomenal guy, and I can't say enough about him. I'm excited to see the season he not only does on the field, but off the field as well. Our next interview, we're going to talk to a young man in Marco Cashi. Marco, I had the opportunity to see him not only at this practice, but the other night before we edited this podcast together. Uh, they had a 7-on-7 seven seven where you had... Uh, a ton of teams, Douglas, Damani Ranch, Bishop Minogue, McQueen, um, Carson, just just some great teams, and of course Spanish Springs, but just some great teams that all got to play and uh, just hone in on their craft and get a little bit better this offseason. Uh, but I got to talk to Marco after, and he was really thrilled with the way his team's going and uh, the way that Coach Hummel coaches them. So, Without further ado, here is linebacker Marco Cashi. 
here with Marco Cashi, linebacker for the Spanish Spring Cougars, also may even play some tight end this year. Uh, Marco, last year you guys ended the season against your rivals, and it, it left a bit of a sour taste in your mouth. How do you guys build on, um, build off of that loss, and how do you take it into the off season? Oh, we just got to use it as motivation, like to work hard every day. I mean, I think it's in the back of all of our heads, like that loss. So take it what it is improve upon it and use it as motivation for this coming season. This offseason, you talk about that motivation. What's something you think you did this offseason to improve your game? Um, just put in the extra work. Uh, we have practice every a lot or Monday through Thursday, but then if you want to be great, you got to put in the work outside of practice and you know, run on your own, do agility work on your own, throw with JJ on your own and do some things like that. Um, Coach Hummel spoke quite highly of you when it came to the defensive side. What does it mean to you to have a guy like Coach Hummel on your side and have that belief in you? Uh, it's good. He's a, he's a really good coach. He pushes us uh, to be better every day. And um, I think he's really smart on the defensive end. So he puts us in a good position to succeed, and he pushes us to work hard every day. So. We talk about this season. You guys have a few seniors that are going to really be key for you guys. You talk about JJ. Um, I just talked to Elias. Um, you've got Aiden. You got a lot of guys that could uh, really step up. And we saw it on the practice field earlier today. They 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 don't let anybody mess around, and they have everybody just pick up where they left off. How does it feel to have uh, that senior leadership that some teams don't? Uh, it feels good. Yeah, we got a really talented senior class. Um, we're trying to work on being a player-led team more than a coaches-led team. So coaches are going to be there to help us out, but we got to push each other. And the leadership's got to be the players that push each other, not just the coaches. So we've been working on that. And, yeah, we got a pretty good senior class. Okay, now I've got a couple of reflective questions. It's going to be um, some questions that just make you think a little bit more about yourself. So in a perfect world... Where do you see yourself in five years? In a perfect world, I see myself in the NFL in a perfect world in five years. But uh, that's a dream. But uh, if that doesn't work out, I don't know, hopefully go to a college, get a good degree, and then have a family and support for my kids and just have a good family. People that don't know you outside of the football field, they know you play great when it comes to Friday nights. But outside of football, what's a hobby or interest that you want to let people know about that they may not know about you? Um, I don't know. I like to go outside and do things like go cliff jumping or fishing, do things outside where, you know, you're not on your cell phone all the time and you get to go out with the, your friends and do things, you know, go out to, to lunch with my friends and do stuff like that, but definitely get outdoors and, you know, go to lake or go fishing or anything just to, you know, get your mind right and get outside. There's a lot of great role models out there. Uh, there could be your parents, coaches here on staff. There could be NFL players. Um, who's a role model to you or someone you look up to and why? Um, I got a couple, like, as far as my family, definitely my dad and my brother, uh, they have really good work ethic, and they do things the right way all the time, and I really look up to that. Um, as far as, like, players go, I like 
I look up to Ray Lewis and like Luke Keithley. Those are some of my favorite players to watch, and they're just really knowledgeable at the game. They're the best to do it, so really fun to watch, and those are people I look up to. And then we have two more questions. What is your biggest weakness, and how do you turn that into a strength? Um, I would say my biggest weakness is probably my speed and maybe my height. Um, to make up for it, I got to put myself in a good position. Like, um, say someone's faster than me, I just got to out-technique them and use my skills and uh, just be smarter. I got to be smarter to make up for maybe my lack of height and maybe my lack of speed. And then last question, I'm asking everybody, but I feel I need to ask it to everybody. Um, what do you feel the, is the greatest challenge that high school athletes today face? And, and more specifically, football athletes. Um, I'd say just the greatest challenge. I don't know, just, just take it all in, you know what I mean? Like, I think everyone gets caught up in like school and, and sports and like all this stuff going on, but you just got to kind of take it in, like be with your family, enjoy your time in high school because it goes by really quick. So I'd say enjoy your time and um, soak it all in. Don't be in too much of a rush to just go through it, but actually like enjoy your time. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Marco gave us incredible insight there on just some of his background. I mean, he is truly uh, the definition of what you want to see out of a linebacker in a lot of ways. Uh, very team-oriented, uh, just very controlled when it comes to his mentality in the game. I mean, one thing I, I really found interesting is someone that age of that maturity talking about when I say, what do you want to do in five years in a perfect world? Obviously, he gives me the perfect answer as far as an NFL dream. But he said, in a perfect world, here's my scenario. But I just want to be a good dad, a good family man, and a great guy in five years. So, you know, whether that happens in five years, 10 years, 20 years, I, I'm, I'm almost certain the young man's going to do good things in life. But the one thing I really can appreciate is somebody with that kind of perspective. I, I've been saying it all episode, but you talk about perspective, and I feel like Spanish Springs is a team loaded with it. They understand who they are, what they are, and how they're going to get the job done. And after coming up with such tight games last year, um, and we discussed those against Reed and then obviously McQueen, they had a chance to play against them. And, and they could have won that game. They definitely had a chance on winning that game. So uh, the composure and the adversity they faced uh, last year and the composure they rather built in this offseason to keep calm, to be ready for these big games, to be ready for not only these big games but these big moments in life, they really have thought about these things. And uh, I think it's really helped their team just take everything and if they can implement all this the way they say they're going to, they can really take their team to the next step. And I'm so excited to see the Spanish Spring Cougars this year. We're going to end this episode with back-to-back -back interviews. 
And then we will see you in a few days to continue our countdown to kickoff series with the Reed Raiders, the Spanish Spring Cougars rival. But before we get to them, we're going to have back-to-back interviews. Aiden O'Neill, who, let me tell you folks, he is a character, a vocal leader, and someone you're going to see on the sidelines pumping his hands up, trying to get the crowd into the game, and one you'll see on the field getting his teammates focused and not afraid to be the loudest man out there on the field. Great guy. I'll be excited to see what he has to say for his team this year. And then another guy, Elias Justice, he is a lineman that may be a little bit more on the quiet side. But don't be shocked if you see some big blocking ability out of this young man. He is going to do good things this year and maybe potentially turn into a great offensive lineman that not only can block, but be more of a vocal leader inside the locker room for his guys. So again, Aiden Elias will play the outro, and we'll see you guys in a few days to continue our countdown to kickoff series. Enjoy these last two interviews. I'm here with Aiden O'Neill. Aiden's going to play a little slot receiver and free safety this year for the Spanish Spring Cougars. Aiden, last year you guys had a tough loss. Uh, You guys had beaten Reed in the regular season in a thriller, and then it was just a tough one uh, losing to your rivals there in the playoffs. How do you guys take that game in, and how do you – not just move on from it, but how do you how do you turn it into a positive rather? Well, I think we got to turn it into like a learning opportunity because for us last year to lose, it was more like we lost because of execution. We weren't executing our plays, our defense, and everything for us was just slow. Really perfect the stuff we do. Okay, so we talked about last year a little bit. Coach Hummel's running everybody hard out here in practice and – it seems like you're one of the vocal leaders here on the team um, when it comes to making sure that guys are staying in top shape, staying running when they need to be, uh, just kind of seem a little bit more vocal. Why do you choose to be a little more extroverted versus introverted? Because, you know, everybody's got a different personality. Everyone needs the energy, and the noise brings the energy, and we're going to need the energy in fourth quarters this year, you know. It's what it's going to come down to, conditioning, being in shape. So it's just the energy. Now, slot receiver and free safety, um, if you had to pick one, which would you say you're probably better at? Oh, I'll, I'll probably go free safety just because, like, being able to read the field and then make the plays on tackling, in the air, just all that. Now, Aiden, uh, Coach Hummel's out here, and he's been out here for quite a few seasons now as the head coach. Uh, speak to your relationship with him and what a guy like Coach Hummel means to you. Well, he actually coached me in, like, SYFL, you know, since, like, 6th, 7th grade when he first moved here. So, like, being able to grow up with him as a coach means a lot, you know. I really get the things he tries to does or tries to do each practice and game, and it just makes a lot of sense now after, like, being with him for so long. JJ's back. You've got a couple of guys back, but there was a lot of seniors that graduated last year. Um, now, obviously, you guys are going to have guys come up and fill those spots, but uh, what does it speak to 
your program and Coach Hummel's program in the aspect of every year you guys graduate a lot of people, but you always have the numbers. Uh, you guys have a ton of kids out here uh, at practice. So what does it speak to you guys that you're able to always just, I don't want to say plug guys in because, you know, it's it's not that easy, but have those guys be able to step up when it, their number's called? Well, like, when you watch the seniors play, and like say, like I was a junior last year, we were all juniors last year, we were watching them play, we, you learn so much more. So then like when they graduate, you're kind of already in that role. You don't really plug in. you kind of already been there. Gotcha. Now we head to this season. How do you, how do you from last offseason head into this offseason and make a change? What would be, I would say, your number one change you've made coming into this offseason, trying to build upon yourself personally? I'd say lifting and just conditioning. Like, I've done a lot more of that personally, and I know a lot of the guys here have done a lot more of that, just getting stronger and faster. You got it. Now I'm going to ask a couple of questions to make you reflect a little bit on yourself. When it comes to slot receiver, when it comes to free safety, why do you feel that coaches feel you're the best guy for the job? Well, I'm electric. That's what our offensive coordinator already says. And just like, if a play is going to be up, I'm going to make it. She's going to go make a play. Which strengths make you a great athlete? Because there's a lot of great athletes out there, but there's different reasons for it. My athleticism and hard work. Because I think like people that are athletic, I mean, they have it naturally. But like I'm athletic, and I put the work in to be able to reach my potential. Okay, Aiden O'Neill, last or second to last question, rather. Tell people that don't know a ton about you what your hobbies outside of football are. What What is an... Aiden O'Neill do outside of football? I'd say, well, like, my work, I work with kids. It's like a little summer camp, that, and then just going to Tahoe on the beach, playing catch, playing spike ball with my friends. That's really all I've been doing. And then last question, but I feel it's one that I have to ask everybody. What do you feel is the greatest challenge facing high school football athletes today? i just say, like, perseverance. People quit. You know, to be able to stay locked in for all the conditioning, all the work and all that, it's the hardest part. Got it. Well, thank you so much, Aiden. Thank you. I'm here with Elias Justice, a tackle here at Spanish Springs. Elias, um, you guys played a great game against Reed and won in the regular season, but then the season ended on a tough note against your rivals how do you go into the off season with that game and take it um whether it be motivation whether it be uh you just get angry about it every time you work out what is some of your driving factor when it comes off of last season and ending the way you guys did um mostly um aggression and like um conditioning um just to ask like in the first game we had a mindset right correct to win a game and then in the second game, it just wasn't as as tough as it should have been. So I think going into this, knowing that Reed is our rival school, and we did lose to them in the playoffs, we do use that as motivation, as like a like a, a way to grind, uh, in a sense to to like get back at them. Because right now it's like one on one in that season, so like just just toughness, pretty much. Yeah. You guys have some returners. Uh, Coach talked about uh, Nate Penny. You got Aiden, who uh, didn't play a ton last year because of the broken collarbone, but he is uh, he's back. And then um, you've got your quarterback, J.J. Dane. What is it like playing with guys that uh, you've played with before and trust and uh, 
want to keep continuing uh, what you've already started? It's good. Um, the teammates like JJ, my quarterback, um, the wide receivers, the tight ends, everything that I've played for for the past two or three years, it's good to like go into the season knowing that they have my back, knowing that we can go into this together and play games and win games. Now, Coach Hummel's been around um, since, I believe it's 2015. He He's done a lot with this program. He's changed a few things. Um, when you're out there at practice or when it's game time, what gives you the ultimate trust in a guy like Coach Hummel? Um, his, his desire to win the game and his, the way that he works us, it's, it's great. Like conditioning, also just mental toughness, just the way he, he pushes us to want to win games and just that's the biggest goal. Now I'm going to ask you a couple of more um, questions here. These are more so like reflective on yourself, so it just kind of gives you a little bit um, more of a thoughtful question here. Um, what do you believe is one of your weaknesses and how do you improve it? Um... Me as my um, let's see, um, probably um, like my um, footwork um, definitely has a lot to of room to improve on. Like I can get faster off the ball, get faster feet necessarily when I go against quicker guys. Um, if people were wondering, hey, that guy is a really good offensive lineman on the football field, but. What's something off the football field that you want people to know or maybe a hobby that they'd find interesting that they wouldn't know about you? Um, a hobby? I, like, I'm, not, I'm not a specialized athlete, I should say. Like, I'm, I ver- if, if there's um, a game going on with basketball or, or track or anything, I'm down to play. Is there a coach or athlete, and this could be here at the high school, this could be your parents, um, or this could even be an NFL player. Is there a role model or athlete that you look up to and uh, why? Um, so I am a Raiders fan. So I look up to, or I looked up to Rodney Hudson, the center for the Raiders when he played for the Raiders. Um, I just like the way that he controlled the offensive line. He took leadership, and that's, who, that's how I want to, of course, um, play when I play with my line. Now, Elias, in a perfect world, five years from now, what are you doing? In a perfect world, I'll be playing college football. Um, probably five years, probably my senior year. Um, and then probably being NFL Combines, NFL. Um, that's definitely the goal. Okay, this is my last question for you, but I feel it's one I'm asking every single athlete right now. What is the biggest challenge that high school football athletes face today? Mm. Biggest challenge. Hmm. I think um, it's just the way to to probably manage everything in in say in one day. So uh, high school would. We'd have school, of course, and then managing that with football and just everything put together. It's just that probably be the most challenging thing, just time management with everything. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, you're welcome. You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. (laughs) 
If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast. Podcast.